0: Hello and welcome to the Aligned Leader podcast. I'm Daniel Jordi and I'm your host and on the Aligned Leader we feature some of the most cutting-edge technology CEOs and digital executives in Switzerland in order to empower next generation entrepreneurs to cut their learning curve and in order to establish Switzerland as a global digital innovation hub. All right, so thanks for being on the show today. I got somebody very exciting today on the show. I got Pascal Kaumann, which is the founder of StarMind International. And uh, I want to dive right into your story. So, Pascal, give us a bit of a background of your story. Like, what, What's the brief story that got you where, where you are today?
1: Well, great to be here, uh, Daniel. So quickly, Mark and I, my co-founder, we um, developed a technology that is able to match um, experts to certain problems we started in their uh, research at the University of Zurich at the Artificial Intelligence Lab and it was pure luck that a company a large um, company in Switzerland asked us why don't you guys try out that technology within like a corporate environment and uh, build like a, a corporate brain and Mark and I we never thought of that and uh, yeah today we have clients in more than 70 countries and we are selling physical brain displays, physical brains to large corporations, and uh, we connect um, employees worldwide within those corporations and
0: can outsmart any machine, any AI machine, this is what we are doing these days. I love that, and and also what I love when we talked initially was your cyborg story. (laughs) Tell me about that.
1: Yeah, well, the cyborg story. So I worked in the Chicago Medical School, I have a neuroscience background, and my task was to dissect brains out of animals and put those living brains in dishes with artificial blood and keep those brains alive for a few more days. It looked like at the Frankenstein's office actually. And my task was to insert electrodes into those living brains, so uh, hit the visual nerves and directly connect those brains and those dishes over, uh, over the wires with a mobile robot. And that's why in my background you also see robots when you look like, very carefully there. And then the robot moved around and fed the video camera recordings directly into those living brains in those dishes. And then I inserted again my electrodes to the spinal cord, like the output of the brain, and connected the output directly to the wheels of this uh, robot. And this is, was one of the first cyborgs in the year 2000. And that's the cyborg story. And the thing is, I was so lost because I have no clue regarding computers, I have no clue regarding robots, and I thought if I have to learn at all now, become like 65 years old until I know what all the other guys know and that was also kind of a trigger point to develop a huge huge brain made of many many smart people around the globe
0: now this is not your average career <laughs> that's not your that's not, not that's not people's average career so how how what inspired you to get into this area what what inspired you to get into AI?
1: Oh, actually, I can exactly uh, pinpoint that because I was 12, year old, 12 years old in the Gymnasium Biloch. So uh, I studied ancient Greek there. And in my very, very first lesson, the professor uh, uh, mentioned to us the Prometheus saga. So the guy that stole the fire of Zeus and Prometheus actually gave the fire to like the humans and then they, uh, they became intelligent. And uh, I found this guy as a hero, like a superstar, so Prometheus is a great guy. But then afterwards, I learned that it was punished, uh, Prometheus. He's still like hanging in the Caucasus mountains, and uh, an eagle is actually um, picking from his liver. And then I learned that you shall not develop intelligence, artificial intelligence. You shall not build um, artificial humans. And there it was clear to me that I want to build artificial humans, and I want to build AI. So it was very early, clear in my life that I want to I want to cross that frontier because I don't like those limits.
0: I love that. That is such a great story. Totally love that. So, um, you know, along the way of what you've built over the past uh, couple of years with the company, what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced along the way?
1: Well, the biggest challenge was that no one believed that the company would buy artificial brains. I mean, which company would be so crazy buying a two meter wide or six feet wide uh, a brain display made of glass within those brains are sitting projectors, they shine to the surface of those brains and you can take your mobile device, ask a question that corporate brain, which company would trust to a startup to do something like that? And it was very, very challenging because our very first client was a bank and the bank asks us questions like, what if Mark gets a heart attack? What if you, Pascal, get sick? I mean, you are two people, right? So we had to increase our team in order to be able to serve those clients. And we had to invest into the team without getting revenues. That was a very risky um, time. And I think this was one of the major challenges to get it started, to have the very first clients. Once you get over that, I think
0: things become a little bit easier. So how did you actually get over it? Like How did you, how did you go uh, to a place where people or companies then went, oh, me too. Okay, me too. So where did you get to that place where you got the first client? I mean, getting to that major difficulty of educating the market basically, and, um and, you know, doing it from a startup perspective. Yeah, you have
1: to find your first client that believes in you. And in Switzerland, it's one of the most innovative countries worldwide. I think there are many um, forward-thinking people, there are many missionaries. You have to meet one of those visionaries, and then if this person believes in you, Then you have your first uh, small pilot contract. And yeah, it was luck that we talked to the right people and they they believed us. And I mean, it's also about passion. They have to feel that you really want to deliver, that you want to help them. And I think uh, Mark and I, we we left that impression that we can do it. And actually, I I
0: think we proved it. And they are now clients for many years uh, for StarMine. This is a great example, because it basically means don't go out uh, selling blindly, but find the people who believe in you, f- find the people who have a similar mission, who are already on that mission, and, 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 and figure out a way to, to join forces.
1: Yeah, that's true. And um, it's a lot about trust, and it's also about being able to, um, to communicate what you're trying to sell and what you're trying to do. And Swiss people are very bad at selling. Uh, we are very great at building products, but selling is definitely not our strength, and I mean, if
0: you have a great product, you should also be able to communicate that. That's also a challenge, by the way. Absolutely. So let's move from the past a little bit into the present. Where is the company? Where is the company now at?
1: So we have clients in many countries around the globe. We have some of the the best clients you can imagine. I mean, Accenture is a client, or Nestle, or Daimler, or Bayer, or we have US corporates. And um, so this is important um, that we have recurring revenues. So we are in the we are break-even, this is also important, so we are not dependent on getting cash. We hired uh, one year ago a top CEO, a top executive, uh, Peter Wasser, the former Microsoft head uh, Switzerland and uh, the head of Europe service. And so these are some major milestones, and Mark and I, we are now leading the innovation unit. So the founders, Mark, uh, we can focus now on the crazy projects, and it's called the StarMind X unit, where we do like
0: the, the Moonshot stuff there. Yeah. So that was actually my next question. <laughs> what was uh, what? What are the major and most exciting projects you're working on? So tell me about that.
1: Well, of course, it's all it's all, it's all it's stealthy, so to say, because the chances of failure are really high, and it would be very embarrassing when I tell you like, doing this and that, and then I have to tell you well everything failed. But just the vision that we have is if you have a lens on your eye, and you ask me fancy questions, and I can reply to all that these those questions, you would say. Pascal Kaufmann is so smart because he knows about everything. But actually, it's just like a teleprompter on my eye, and it's context-sensitive, so the teleprompter understands what you and I are talking about, and displays to me the relevant content and relevant solutions. And this is something we are working um, um, on, and also we are working with like the HoloLens and these kind of variables. I believe thinking with the power of a thousand brains would be awesome because I hate reading books and I don't like to learn stuff. If I had that everything on my eye, that would be awesome. These kind of projects we are these days pushing.
0: And I, you know, I just want to say one line about that. I love the way you drive such a project from a personal, from personal drive. You know, not just from a market perspective in terms of what does the market need, <laughs> because usually that stuff in, in those kinds of things, the market has no idea what it needs. <laughs> but it's it's more of a of a driven um, by 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 your passion, by 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 what you're most inspired about.
1: Yeah, it could also be a little bit of laziness from my part and I'm very bad at uh, remembering names. I mean, if I had such a lens in my eye, it would definitely help me a lot. And it would also increase my performance towards like uh, demanding uh, people that I meet. So such a uh, technology would help me a lot in my daily life.
0: Absolutely get that. So now with the company, you're at a stage where it's no longer really a startup. It's more like a very, very fast growing uh, company. Um, and... Uh, and uh, so,
1: to pick that, Daniel, if I may, uh-huh. startup is a spirit to me. It's not about the age of a company because Apple is called the biggest startup. Darmind is a startup. We believe in crazy stuff. Yes, the night, we threw a party and the dark circles you still see here. So, startup to me is a spirit, it's a
0: mindset. We are a startup. Okay, great. So, you are uh, a very fast growing, fairly big startup. Um, and with that size and with that um, growth rate comes a lot of challenges and you as uh, well, one of the key people on the management team as the founder um, How do you juggle all of this and still stay sane at the same time? What's your secret?
1: Well, we do many mistakes um, I commit many mistakes. I would say every day almost and We haven't yet found out how we really do it optimally in an optimal way. I can just tell you how we do it these days So we have values uh, we are fondly believing in, and then along those values, we uh, build the culture. I think the culture is very, very important to us. Now, the thing is, um, we don't care so much whether someone shows up or not. We measure the output, the results. And I think that's very important. We are not micromanagers. We are setting goals and visions, and then the people uh, hunt for them. I think that's very, very important to manage a fast-growing organization because you can't micromanage in such a stage. I think this is one of the uh, core
0: recipes. Yeah, I mean, that's huge. I, I heard three things. Have clear values um, and stand for them, and actually not just have them, but also express them and, and, and take action on them. Um, have, a, have a great company culture, align the company culture with those values, and uh, don't micromanage, but focus on the outcomes so you don't have to be a manager but can be a leader.
1: Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how do you find in, in your York how do you find the best people to work with? I mean, AI is such an emerging area and, you know, people are still fairly rare in, in, in many of those areas. So how do you find the best people um, to bring to, you know, people who maybe otherwise go to Google or companies like that? How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you go about that?
1: So the thing is that the rock stars in AI, the superstars, you can't tease with cash. They would also not come to Switzerland when they're sitting in Silicon Valley. However, you can bring them to StarMind if you have interesting challenges. So those rock stars in AI, they love challenges. And also they love um, alternative views on AI. So for example, we do not believe that um, big data or deep learning has anything got to do with AI? And I would say about 95% of all AI experts are like deep learning people. And uh, we think if you need 300 million pictures of cats, in order to say it's a cat or, or, or a cow or a horse, that's not so intelligent. Intelligence to us is small data. So when we approach such an AI talent, we tell them, hey guy, are you really believing that big data will bring you anywhere close to AI, human level AI? Uh, they tell me yes. But then you say, well, how about small data? How about trying to extract the principles of a cat by looking at it at one time, like the one-shot learning? So often, we uh, can trigger the interest of very, very interesting people. And they actually fly to Switzerland or they meet us in New York. And I think uh, with this strategy,
0: because if an alternative view to AI, we can access top talents worldwide. I love this because it's such a different way than every, basically everybody goes about hiring or literally doing anything. It's not, it doesn't matter if it's marketing or hiring because it's, it's literally a philosophy, what you just talked about. Basically, don't try to persuade people in some sort of way, but uh, figure out what really triggers them and figure out if they really buy into the same vision that you buy in, basically buy into the same philosophy and then try to extract that and, and, and find the alignment there. That's kind of like what I heard.
1: Exactly. This is what we're doing yeah.
0: This is brilliant. I love that. Right, so tell me a bit about AI. So from your perspective, where do you see the industry going in the next five, 10 years?
1: Well, this is my favorite topic, of course, AI. Um, I, uh, I also advise a few companies regarding AI and it's interesting to compare the state of know-how between Switzerland and the US and other countries. So first of all, the AI like the brain is still a mystery. We have no clue how the brain works these days. The problem is that many people uh, think that they know exactly how the brain works because they compare the brain to a fast computer. And therefore there are those concepts like singularity where people are really scared of the when computers are faster than uh, than their brains. And I think that's really like a, a, such a bad misconception just to equate the most modern device that you know a few hundred years ago they were like clocky clocks or watches or wheels and pumps. And there were those drawings when they draw like brain um, brain pictures with those little pumps and wheels. And today they call it like computers. So they believe that the brain is computer. I think it's a huge disinformation about AI. It's not even clear what intelligence is. Um, and I remember the, the thing about the chess Turk, like 200 years ago, where there was a machine able to play chess. And actually after 80 years, they found out that it was completely fake. There were like little humans inside this machine, which was called like AI. And today with most AI products, you have no clue whether there are like human beings in the background pretending that it is AI, or there's just like stupid rules that are executed. So the state of AI is that most people think AI, it has to do with computers. I don't believe that AI has to do with computers. I believe the brain works like a superorganism constituted by hundred billions of brain cells and understanding a superorganism can be very, very challenging.
0: I love that uh, differentiation. And you're kind of like, it's one of, I think it's a very unique statement that you bring to the table when it comes to AI. And I think that's also what, uh, what makes it so interesting to talk about this with you, because you have a very, very interesting perspective. So, I mean, where do you think we're going to be in 10 years from today if you know, AI develops at the, at the predicted rate that it should develop? Where do you, where do you think the world is going to be?
1: Well, if you dig for potatoes, it doesn't match, it doesn't matter so much um, how much you dig for potato, and then much more where you dig for potatoes. So if people are doing research in the wrong direction, it can go forever and all those predictions will be completely pointless because they're looking in the wrong spot. However, if you laser focus talents on the right set of questions, you can get a breakthrough very, very fast. And uh, we will launch uh, an initiative, which is not yet public, where we unite talents around the globe to tackle the brain codes. And I think um, we can be extremely fast if we ask the right questions and if we laser focus the right talents on them. And therefore, if you ask me where i we in 10 years from now, hopefully we will have cracked the brain codes. Hopefully we will understand what AI is, how to build artificial brains. And I believe that we are able to do that within less than 10 years but it's of course a matter of resources and funding. If you get enough cash, we can do it.
0: Yeah, well, I hope we're going to go in the right direction, especially also with StarMind, because I mean, you're, you're, you seem to be digging at the right place, so that means uh, we're going to make a lot of progress, so that's great.
1: Maybe something important that, uh, that we missed, I think, um, if you connect human brains in a very systematic way, and you can only do that since a few years, you can really build a very, very powerful problem-solving engine And I think for most problems in the world, someone in the world has an answer. And I think the answer is out there. The talent is out there. I'm looking for that super top shot who tells me, oh, Pascal, AI, I would do it like this. Like Newton, the Newton who actually discovered the three laws of physics there. There might be a talent out there who tells me, oh, we should do it like that, and then you verify
0: it, and then you know the brain code. Mm, Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. That's a great shout out, by the way, to, to great talent out there as well. So um, tell me a bit about like, the vision of the company. Where do you see the company being two, three years from today?
1: I think it's very important to play in the right team. We don't play in the team robot or machine. We play in the team human. And we want to empower human beings. We want to make them faster, smarter, better. Because if we don't do that, human being gets completely relevant because machines will take over with automatization and AI in brackets and in a few years from now we will work very very close uh, with, with human beings and machines it's the symbiosis between man and machine that we want to lead and that's our vision that we build technology that is so natural so intuitive that the technology understands how a human being ticks what is important for that person and that this technology can provide the right answers and solutions to that person. So in the future, Starman will develop technology that comes closer and closer to a human being
0: to understand the human uh, uh, thoroughly. So it's really about empowering the, the, the human with the technology instead of focusing on developing the robots. And I mean, that's it's just not your uh, positioning. So that is a very, very clear positioning in the market.
1: If you build like, uh, machines like IBM Watson that really want to, uh, to do away like, uh, with humans, I mean, that's, that's not very sustainable for us. And therefore, we believe you have to uh, empower human beings. Uh, otherwise, they will not stay in the game. Yeah, it's very important that you do not just automate, automate away the human
0: beings, that you actually do also develop technology for human beings. Absolutely agree with that. So um, with, that, with that kind of like vision where, you know, with, with, with empowering the human being, with um... Working on the right questions um, to develop to to advance AI and things like that. What what if you had access to it would make this progress uh, either faster or easier? You
1: mean like what do we do when we have cracked AI, or what maybe? You have to... um,
0: no, more like you know, um, we're now you know this is this is uh, also going out to community. People are watching this, so uh, I'm I'm kind of like looking for some triggers where people can say, oh, uh, you know, this would be an interesting uh, way to collaborate, maybe with, with Pascal or with uh, with uh, Starmind, or I'd love to work at Starmind. Maybe it's for talent, maybe it's for like kind of like what 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 are the biggest things that you need to advance faster and easier into that future? For the company?
1: We definitely need the brightest talents out there. So if you're working in a huge corporation, where just like a little wheel, uh, if you want to change the world then please join StarMind or apply for StarMind, we are really looking for top shots. So if uh, this is also the most important ingredient and the most important recipes to have a company with outstanding individuals, I mean StarMinds, not the average minds, and that's also the philosophy of our company. We want to attract the best people in the world. And yeah, you can only do that by being an interesting company, by solving relevant problems. And everyone out there who wants to join or to contribute,
0: please um, fire away your, uh, give, send us in your uh, CV or your resume. Perfect, I love that. So last question, where can people connect with you and with Starman? What's the best places to, to go about that?
1: Uh, the best thing is to shoot us an email and, uh, because we have kind of very interesting filter mechanism here, all emails will be looked at. So just send us an email and we get in touch with you.
0: I love the way you, uh, you use the technology for your own benefits as well. <laughs> Perfect. So that, Thank you so much for being on the show. I love uh, your story. Thank you so much for, uh, for sharing it.
1: Okay, greetings from uh, Krisenhof, Switzerland, and have a great weekend. Eh?
0: Thanks, bye. Thanks for listening to the Aligned Leader. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe so you get full access to all the newly released episodes every Wednesday. Do you have any topics that you would like us to cover? Then send us an email to daniel at leadersbridge.org and we'll work on it. And if you'd like to learn more about our initiatives, for example, like the CEO Collaboration Day, head over to leadersbridge.org.